0: Hello, and welcome to I'm a fan of that podcast about all things fandom told through objects, stories and studies with a bit of silliness along the way. Your hosts on this journey are pop culture writer, journalist and cosplay expert Holly Swinyard and myself, Viviana Simos, a public anthropologist and pop culture academic with a PhD in religion and popular culture. Join us as we wander down the incredible and intriguing path into fan culture, its history, the people who make it up, and the way that we look at this ever-growing part of our society. Fair warning, we may talk about some adult themes, use some adult language, and possibly get a little bit nerdy about the whole thing. You have been warned. Hello and welcome to I'm a Fan of That. I'm Viviana Simos. Uh And I'm Holly Swinard. And here we love to talk about all the wonderfully complicated worlds of fandom through the objects that we love. So, Holly, I unfortunately don't actually have a physical representation
1: of this. Okay, so I'm using my imagination. I'm, I'm like the listeners. I have to use my imagination.
0: <laughs> it is something that I really, really love and I want to have. <laughs> And I feel bad about wanting to have it. But imagine a water bottle that is clear. Yeah. And then written on the side in like a gaudy neon font that's kind of difficult to read. It would say my name. (laughs) Why why do you want this? (laughs) Because this is what the water bottles look like on Love Island. (laughs) Okay
1: so i'm assuming we're talking about love island today then
0: we're talking about love island and um particularly the ideas of celebrity and stuff like that because i think that that's kind of representative of the water bottle but i i i think that people who haven't seen love island don't quite understand this water bottle
1: (laughs) i mean i haven't seen love island uh so i'm kind of thinking
0: yes i guess yeah. (laughs) yeah a good place to start might be what what is your experience with love island
1: uh i've never seen it i've seen like the newspaper articles about it i've seen the kind of the bad press about the whole show and like and what's come alongside it with social stuff um Mm. i'm not i have to say i'm not a big fan of reality tv like the only reality tv that i have watched recently uh and i i've mentioned to you this is the the traitors which i was obsessed by um but I don't know how well that's going to work after one series. Like once people kind of get the gist of how the game works, I'm not sure if it's <laughs> going to manage to continue to be quite so enticing. But we'll see. We'll see. I enjoyed it though. The US version, I can't get behind now. It's too um pretty and fake.
0: <laughs> you know, it's very,
1: it's very American, you know?
0: Yes. Um. So I I am a big love of reality television. I uh, used to be very ashamed to say, but I'm no longer... I'm not ashamed of my loves. I don't think anyone should be unless it's harmful to other people. Cringe culture um, instead, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fun. It's a bunch of fun. And um, I found Love Island, I think, around series three or four. It wasn't in America when I lived in America. It has since moved to America, but that was post me also moving, <laughs> swapping. But... Um, but I found it because for a little bit of time, seasons one and two of Love Island were on Netflix oh. at one point in time. They are no longer. Um, and I found it and I started watching it. And I was like, this is the most amazing television I've ever seen in my life. And my husband came home from work and I went, oh my God, I found this reality show. And he went, oh yeah, that's Love Island. I know all about it. And I went, why have you not told me? <laughs> Uh, So I think series four was the first one I watched live and um, I have been watching them live every time every ever since i'm also a bit of a reality TV show nerd we can talk about recap shows as like a whole nother thing a lot of recap shows so i i listen to podcasts that recap um, the whole episode yeah and they kind of go oh and then this person did this thing and said that thing and then in this next scene this person like they recap as yeah. if you haven't seen it so they've the got a bit thing. of a
1: like and do they have any kind of uh analysis of it is it literally oh, yes. just oh, okay cool <laughs> they have their own thoughts on yeah. it the whole time because I know that and... the BBC have like the in like what's called like inside ghosts or whatever so it's like a behind the scenes podcast for a show that's happened but they normally tend to be dramas or oh, right. sitcoms or whatever um so are they kind of like that because those are sort of recappy too but... yeah
0: I mean I think they have recap shows for non-reality TV mm-hmm. shows um But yeah, it's because I don't really know anybody that loves reality TV. (laughs) All of my friends are like, what are you talking about? I'm watching anime. It's like, yes, I'm watching anime too, but I'm also watching this. And um, so I started listening to podcasts as a way of hearing other people's opinions and being able to pseudo talk to people, even though I'm not really um so basically what it means is that I every single day I am basically partaking in about 2 hours of Love Island content every day. <laughs> wow. Wow.
1: <laughs> Which is too much. <laughs> I thought I was bad for watching like, an hour of Star Wars this morning and I only do that on Wednesdays. <laughs>
0: Oh it's 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 bad. But basically for people who don't know, Love Island is a reality TV show. It's massive here in the UK. I think it's really hard to not know at least the gist of yeah. the show
1: in the UK, but You'd I think be under in other a countries rock, I think to not know something about Love Island.
0: Yeah, but in, in other countries it's it might not be as as known. So, um it's a competitive reality TV dating show. Um where they get a bunch of really hot people to They stick them in a villa and you're supposed to immediately couple up with somebody. Obviously, this is all cis hetero people. Yeah. So it's always opposite sex. Uh, you couple up with the opposite sex and you share a bed with them and you live in the villa with them, with everybody else, like, every day
1: for about two to three months. <laughs> I find, the, I find the concept of, like, like, the bed and everything a bit weird. Because I'm like, I kind of understand maybe having a room, but, like... Oh, it makes it
0: scandalous. Okay. Nothing... I mean, in, after the first, like, two or three seasons, like, nothing really happens that's that scandalous with the bed, but I don't know. It's... A lot of people that were on the show talk about how because it's at night and they tend mm. to not have their mics on, that's when you get really actual serious conversations with the person that yeah. you're coupled up with. Um, So I guess in that sense, you do... It's a sense of yeah, ability to get close. to I think also, December.
1: I. Maybe I'm just a bit like I need my space so much, so I'm like I'm clearly not the person who's going to go on this program. (laughs) Like this this would be awful for other people. (laughs) No, like uh, that looks like that looks like a horrible thing to do, as far as I'm concerned. Like every element of it, but I can absolutely see why it would be addicting to watch. It's amazingly fun,
0: and because basically it's filmed every single day, and you get an hour of what happened essentially the previous day. When you're watching it. So you're somewhat watching it in live time. And the whole like crux of the show is that you can vote. So you vote on things that then happen in the villa, which other reality TV shows are often like, they they all were recorded like six months ago. Mm-hmm. So you can't really do anything about it. Yeah. But in this one, you can actually vote on who gets knocked out or who goes yeah. on a date with somebody and things like that. So I like suppose
1: that. because Bake Off, you don't, or whatever, Pottery Throwdown, one of those sorts of style shows. You, the public do not get a decision about who yeah. stays and who goes whereas with this one there's much more it's interactive you right? have a
0: bit of a say yeah. yeah
1: um
0: i i have heard that there's a certain amount of flexibility mm-hmm. uh when it comes to the voting so that way producers can kind of decide certain things um, so I'm not but there are though, certain things that they're not allowed to change mm-hmm. just based off of rules like mm-hmm. you're not allowed to change the actual outcome but typically what they do in order to say if you all voted out one person and they don't want that person to go, what they'll do is they'll just say, here's the bottom three. Yeah. And then something else happens to decide who goes home from the bottom three. And that's
1: their kind of way around it. Yeah. Makes sense. I mean, it makes, particularly if there's, you know, somebody who everyone votes out, it kind of shows to the producers that that person is the villain and people don't like them, whatever. Yes. And that's kind of fun to keep that person in. Right. And they can have a good time with it as a you know it's still a storytelling medium even if it's real people
0: oh yeah and i mean i i can talk for ages about the storytelling mechanics of reality tv and how i don't think a lot of people give it credit for how complicated it is i've i've watched a lot of reality shows i've seen some really terrible ones And I have seen some really great ones. And even within one show, there are good seasons and bad seasons. Love Island has had some really off seasons. Yeah. And um, it what makes it successful or not are down to two different roles. One of them is a producer or a showrunner. And the other one is the casting director. And if any of those two things are off, the whole show is in the can. There's no saving it.
1: Yeah, because like you know that like the editing behind the scenes is going to frame somebody in a certain way. It's going, you know, if they say if they decide this person's going to be the hero of the story or this person's going to be the villain or whatever, they'll edit it to look like that. You know, they'll yeah. So that I can see what that means, like why that would work like that. And I can also see that actually, as a casting director, you don't want necessarily somebody like me who's going to be like, no, I need to be alone for oh, everybody. Oh, so boring. Yeah, it would be like, I, I would literally be sat there like, cool, I'm, I'm reading a book. You want me to do what now? Nah, I'm okay, thanks. I'm gonna, I'll be I, over here. Also, so the
0: whole thing is that it normally it takes place in summer. So they're off in Spain and wearing bikinis. But mm-hmm. this is winter season. Uh, right now yeah so they're in south africa where it's hot because you have to wear a bikini you have to always be wearing a bikini or swimming trunks and so therefore guys always have their whole shirts off and women are always walking around with their boobs out it's just the thing of the show i would be wearing a giant oversized shirt and being like i will be under this umbrella and do not talk to me (laughs) (laughs) so
1: you know you got to pick I, I mean, I, I, you say that's all. It's all cis people. I think Love Island could go a long way to have like, you know, if they threw a trans guy in there, or a trans woman in. That would that would shake things up, wouldn't it? It would be fascinating. I think,
0: I think the fear, and I, and I get this, is that
1: the way that some
0: people might react to a trans woman <clears> or a, a trans man. Yeah, no, obviously you their... don't
1: want to put somebody in just to be a, yes, you know, it, be a shocking might... thing. That's not what I mean at all. It's more just there are other people in the world, and it would be kind of cool yeah, to see them would in the put show. Them
0: it would definitely put those people in in a very tricky situation mm. particularly mental health wise so i yeah. get why they don't um but i do think it would be super fun to have an all-by season so yes. everyone yes. can couple yeah. up with anybody
1: and it just is absolute mayhem because yeah. i know that club island and other reality tv shows have been criticized for you know it's early to mid 20 something so they all look a very specific way and like you said that's part of the yeah. show right it's kind of it's a bit, you know, uh, it's a bit kind of sexy to watch. Everybody's beautiful. Everybody's a bit kind of, that's what they want to be there for. So, you know, I get it. I do get it. But it would also be nice to see other people. Well, yeah, You know, the reality <laughs> element of it. I have to say, that's what I really liked about the Traitors UK and why I really struggled with the US one is because the UK one was like, these are all very different people. Like, there was such a wide range of people and body shapes and sizes and all that kind of stuff. And the US one kind of fell into the everybody is young and beautiful trap. You know? Yeah. Um, Which kind of makes it a lot less interesting because it, <laughs> it's not different people to watch them.
0: It? It's, a, it's a big difference between US and UK more generally. I find that a lot of the UK celebrities would never make it to being celebrities in America, even just like actresses yeah. where it's like, there would be no way that you would be famous in America because you're not of a particular standard of because they're all even not beautiful it's just a different way of being pretty that isn't considered idealized or whatever
1: well it's interesting isn't it because you even i feel like i fall into the traps of being like oh that person is this and you know even people who are like being considerate like i say that it would be cool to see trans people on this program but without even considering that or maybe because of the nature of the program, that would put them in danger. It, it, it's in yeah. well, not danger, but in difficulties. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting concept. But they,
0: they all sit,
1: all these beautiful people are
0: sitting around drinking water bottles that have their, their name written on it, super shoddy. And very early uh, Love Island, you could buy the water bottle. So you could buy your water bottle and personalize it so it has your own name on it, uh, to make it feel like you're also in the villa or whatever. Um, I, part of I the group, yeah. <laughs> One like that. Yeah. Um, now there's a whole other side of it, and um, there's like you can. They all show up with the same kind of suitcase, uh, which it. I mean, at the. There was a couple of series where it's like they didn't have suitcases; they gave them clothes to wear. They're, this is all just for show. Um, but there were definitely, I think now they do pack up, but they get given a suitcase, which again is very that sleek steel with their name on it in a weird font. And <laughs>
1: can you buy the suitcases? Like yes, you. Oh, so okay. now you
0: could buy the suitcase, You can buy a water bottle. You can buy a different kind of water bottle. You could buy T-shirts. It's like it's all over the place. But before it was just the water bottles. And um, they also had a thing where all of the people would be wearing clothes from certain brands. So in the UK, it tended to be a pretty little thing. So if you, you could then go on your phone, because there's an app that you use in order to vote. And on that app, they would have all of the outfits from that
1: episode that you just watched. And you could buy those outfits. Oh, wow. So this is quite interesting, because I was listening to a podcast, because I am. Um... Trash. I was listening to a podcast about the whole Wagger for Christie thing with Colleen Rooney mm. and Rebecca Oh, Bardi. That's so much fun. <laughs> oh, it It was amazing. It was amazing. Like that's better than reality TV. It's real, right? <laughs> you know. Um, but it was what they were talking saying was that like um you people were buying the outfits that they were wearing to court, particularly Colleen because she was dressing almost entirely from like Zara, I think. So people were going and finding the things that she was wearing in Zara. Or, like, searching for them online and stuff and buying them because they wanted to dress like how she dressed. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, it's her core outfit, but people want to, to dress like Colleen Rooney. And I guess it's the same kind of thing, right? That yeah. You want to look like the... You want to be part of it. You want to be seen to be cool with, you know, alongside it. I don't know if is it is it a status thing or is it being part of the the community? Um, I I think... It's a
0: little bit of of status. It's also a little bit of just the culture. So, uh, you know, we talk about pop culture as and we we have been and will continue to talk about like different media things like TV shows and books and stuff that you partake in. But fashion is part of pop culture. And um, I think people partake and consume fashion in a very similar way. And you tend to learn about what is new by looking at what other people are wearing. So you're looking at at someone going into a courthouse and you go, oh, I like that outfit. Yeah,
1: I'll go buy that outfit. <laughs> or the, your TikTok influencer, your favorite, you know, the person you follow and they do get ready with me today outfits or whatever. And you're like, oh, cool. I like that. Maybe I'll try that, you know. and Yeah. That's really, that's very interesting. I think watching that sort of trend happen is... I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of, it's a very different thing to like what you kind of include in sort of fan culture, because I think lots of, a lot of the time you wouldn't necessarily think of dressing up, what dressing up, finding the clothes that, you know, other in clothes and part of fan culture. But if it's connected to something like Love Island, then it kind of becomes that right. It's sort of, are you cosplaying as the person? Because you're buying the same clothes as them, because you want to wear them too. Like, I guess that would depend on your
0: definition of cosplay. Yeah, exactly.
1: Which we will not get into today. <laughs> not today. Um,
0: but I think that one of the aspects of this, and you were kind of touching on it, and and I think that it, it when it first they started to first advertise the water bottles, it was tied to this idea as well of a lot of people now are going on Love Island because it's an avenue to become well-known and essentially a celebrity
1: yeah
0: it is a massive tv show it's watched by probably the vast majority of the uk and hated by the rest of it um and people have launched huge careers making millions of pounds just because they were on love island and i think there has become this idea and i'm saying an idea here of the rise of a new kind of celebrity um one that is kind of encompassing reality TV stars, as well as social media influencers, the YouTubers, things like that as a new type of celebrity. Um, But I think it's, it's interesting, because I don't know whether or not it's new.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you could go right back to sort of your, your Nell Gwynn's and, you know, very early on, stuff like that, that, you're becoming a celebrity because uh, she's an actress but oh she's the king's mistress she's salacious yeah. you know oh and she oh she's she's a commoner and she's got you know, all this sort of stuff you know I think you you have people like that all the way through history um uh, the opera singer whose name I've forgotten the one who's in The Greatest Showman uh, she's a real person and I've completely forgotten her name and she launched an <laughs> entire career off basically her own merchandise you know she was a good opera singer and then she merchandised herself and got like uh you know deals and stuff on things like soap or you know curtains it was crazy stuff that just had her face on yeah and again it's like is it new or is it just that you know people are doing it in a different way now it's, there's a new uh platform on which to get famous on where you don't necessarily have to have that this feels mean talent <laughs> You <know.
0: laughs> well because i i i'm a big defender Of Kim Kardashian. And this is primarily because I think that she is worthy of a lot of um, dislike and criticism, but it tends to not be what she gets the criticism about. Um, And most people criticize her for, and I quote, being famous for nothing. Or being famous for being famous. Yeah, she's not famous famous. for doing
1: nothing. She's she's created an empire, you know. Yeah.
0: And, And I... I think that's kind of at the heart of a lot of what I'm thinking about with it is that there have been a lot of people on Love Island, a lot of people on Love Island, but I think maybe about two or three of them are still around. Yeah. That I still see in places that I still hear about, you know, I still hear about Molly May and I think that was like series four and we're on nine now or something four or five someone's yeah. going to correct me but um that still it, it's been it's been a couple of years and she hasn't been on TV in a while and yet we still know her yeah and that's not because she rested on laurels of being on reality TV and again she is worthy of criticism but for different things
1: because <laughs> like sometimes you see people going on things like I'm a celebrity get me out of here after having been on love island and there is the comment of like is that person really a celebrity if they went on love island and then came straight on this But it is part of building the brand, right? Yeah. If you want to be the next Kim Kardashian or or whatever, you know, whatever that kind of reality star, the only way you can do that is by continuing to build your public persona. And one way of doing that is to do other reality shows or other TV shows like Loose Women or or things like that. You know, there's a lot of those sort of shows that I've seen Love Island people going on. Mm. Um. So it's definitely. There's definitely ways to do it and it's not, I don't think it's being, having a lack of talent. I think it's having a a huge amount of talent in other areas that people wouldn't necessarily consider ones for getting famous with because it's not, uh, you're not a pop star, you're not, you know, you're not an actor or whatever.
0: You could essentially now be famous for being very good at marketing. Yeah, why not, you know. And, and that, yeah, like you say, I don't think that's been around as much before, but I, you know, socialites have been around for ages, you know, uh, there have been people that have been huge that lived in New York, and they were famous for just being rich and being around certain circles. And I mean, that's how Kim Kardashian started was that she was trying to be a socialite. She
1: was with, uh, she was. Paris hilton's assistant yes yeah.
0: and she uh in more recent years she was talking about how she had planned certain things like she knew this person is going to be in this spot so we'll go there so we can get photographed with them yeah and so then when that gets published in the gossip mag they have to put my name in there well we
1: come back to um you know the wag thing and that's what Rebecca Vardy has done. You know, she's made sure she's sat behind the right person. She's made sure that they're all out at the scene at the right restaurant and all this sort of thing. And there's record of her saying that to journalists and to her agent because she was wanting to build her own brand. Yeah. And I don't think that's. I don't necessarily criticize any of Biddy for that. That's part of being a celebrity, right? One of the things
0: that reality TV does. um that I think is slightly different is that kind of erosion between audience and the celebrity. Mm. So, you know, when we were talking about how I can directly interact in a way with Love Island, I can vote for my favorite Islander in order to make sure that they stay in. And therefore I feel like I have contributed personally to their ability to continue i don't vote very yeah. often because i'm normally watching it on catch up the day after because i'm not staying up till 10 because i'm old
1: <laughs> but <laughs> do you think that adds to people's like the parasocialness of the whole thing like people kind of messaging love island contestants on dms or instagram or in on twitter and stuff like that which does happen do you think because there's that erosion there's a uh, more people are likely to kind of see it as like well i helped you get where you're getting so i i should have yeah. more access
0: a little bit. I mean, I think that, you know, people like Beyonce probably have DMs full as well. You yeah, know, that's she, true. Like <laughs> she just has someone running it for yeah. her <laughs> while these people don't yet. Yeah. But probably by the time they, they leave, if they've been on for a certain amount of time, then they do. Yeah. Um. But they definitely do read and go through their DMs because I've heard stories of certain Love Islanders getting with other people who have been on Love Island through people messaging in the DMs. <laughs> I think it's a certain amount of also the fact that they are... At least presented on the show as a normal person. Mm. And this was a problem for the last, I think, two or three seasons of Love Island is they kept getting on people who were essentially already trying to be influencers or like this is a model. We've got a content creator and things like that. And what was fun about the show before and what is now fun about the show this season is that everyone just has like a normal job. Like there's a guy who was a TSA agent, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like that's just a job. Yeah. That's just a dude. Um, And someone was a teacher. Like these are all like normal jobs that normal people have. And so and that's how they're presented is they're just normal people who happen to be incredibly attractive. Yeah. And so I think that the presentation of them as not only people that you can interact with in a certain level and control control sounds really bad but it is a little bit of that Mm. um as well as the fact that they are just people as opposed to somehow a step away from
1: me i think that helps that that parasocial element do you think it's kind of led to the thing of like like twitch streamers and stuff who all have it that you can donate a certain amount of money and and that will allow for an action to happen in the real world. So uh, is it sleep streamers or or things like that, where you can um, have it that you donate a certain amount of money and like an alarm will go off in their bedroom and and, and things like that. And that's like a, it's sort of a version of reality TV, but it's entirely online. Yeah. And those people become celebrities as well. Like people, they they get thousands (laughs) and thousands of followers because you want to wake them up, right? (laughs) You know. People like agency. Mm. People
0: like... um having an ability to somehow take their their love and do something that they want with it and this can reveal itself in a lot of different ways i think that's part of what's happening with cosplay i think that's part of what happens with fan fiction uh these are all elements in which somebody goes i really love this thing i want to make it my own in some way so i'm gonna do this thing and what reality shows like love island have done and they're not the only one who does this kind of thing but um i think they're the most well known at the moment is the ability for somebody to do that from the beginning mm. we're not going to wait for you to enjoy it enough to then write a fan fiction about it or enjoy it enough to then do a cosplay about it we'll give you that ability right from the beginning yeah
1: it is that very much like you you have a direct line be it real or not, you know, because like you said, the producers will decide certain things to these people. And you get to, you get to decide what the story is. It's sort of like a pick your own adventure, but with real people.
0: Yeah. But it's also real people. Like, Cause unfortunately I'm not the only one that gets any kind of say you're kind yeah. of doing it with another, like a million to 2 That's million true. people yeah. in the UK and it, makes it really difficult sometimes because you're like the one time that like we actively voted i used to watch it with my partner every evening and then he started being like this is too much love island i cannot do this (laughs) um but we would watch in the evenings and then i would have the vote and we would talk about who do we want to vote for and then we would vote for them and that season every single time we voted for someone they'd end up in the bottom oh (laughs) and we were getting so frustrated and then it started we tried to meta it and we're like well we want to vote for these people but we know that if we vote for them we'll end up in the bottom so we'll vote for these other people so they end up in the bottom because whoever we vote for ends up in the bottom (laughs) did it work no (laughs) (laughs) but it's a bit of a game it's like a weird it's a weird game um that you are kind of strangely engaged with Uh, But it it is that thing of, it's a level of play. yeah. And I think it's a type of play that some people might take a little too seriously sometimes. Um, Some of the issues with Love Island have been in regards to mental health. And unfortunately, I think that it's not actually the show itself, but it's the social media and it's the way
1: that people engage with it. And there's only so much that a show can do yeah to change that and that's not i think love island gets a lot of flack for that for various reasons and you're right the show can't do that much to protect people more than they are doing i guess but i'm not they've been doing a lot but i think in recent
0: years they now have um like a therapist who's in the villa with them and then before they leave they also get a little bit of training of how to deal with what people are going to be saying about them Um, this year they've also turned off all of their socials. So you can't go onto their Instagram while it's live. It used to be that somebody like their friend or their family member would be running their account for them while they're in the villa. But then the family members were getting hate comments and things like that. And that's not fair for like your mom. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: I think actually that sounds like a very sensible way to deal with this. And they've obviously thought about it. But it, you know, Love Island isn't the only thing that people get hate comments. Exactly. On, you know. It just happens to be a very high profile one. But I would say that, you know, I watch a lot of bake off, I'm not gonna lie. I see people putting the most foul comments about bake off. I'm like, you they're just making <laughs> case. is like the mouth. most wholesome show. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like why why are you crying <laughs> Yeah and it's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I think I think it's probably just uh like you you're right, it's just It's the internet and social media that that happens with and possibly the TV production companies just weren't prepared for what that would look like in regards to reality TV. I think they weren't prepared because they're probably used to people... Talking about it
0: the way that I do, which it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm never gonna write, I can sit on my couch and be like, what a bitch, but I'm never gonna like post that. Because the I see that the show is there for me to sit on my couch and say what a bitch and then I move on with my life. Like, that's how that's what it's meant to be for. But then you get these and it's a very small minority. But unfortunately, it only takes one or two to really be an issue um and unfortunately when you have a small percentage of millions of people that's a lot
1: of people (laughs) yeah and it's the persistent nature of it as well it's like if it's just one or two comments from one or two people even times up to you know that sort of level of millions of people it can kind of be like okay just ignore it turn your socials off for a week but when it's a persistent thing from those people it, it it's almost impossible well, but, to move away from. And then you
0: have the problem of what we were saying. Like, there's uh, these people who do a successful job with it are people who are able to control an image and do certain things. And that means that if they did turn off their socials for a week,
1: mm.
0: what would then happen to that that ability? Well, exactly. What would they be losing? Yeah. And so, you know, it is that thing of it's very easy, I think, for someone like me to turn off my socials because who cares about me Um, and, you know, what's happening with that. But if it's somebody who makes their primary money off of somebody saying, post this on Instagram for me of you wearing my shirt or you wearing our jewelry, then if they turn off their socials, they're losing they're losing out on their income.
1: I don't think there's a solution to any of this other than please be People nice to each getting other. better. <laughs> yeah, please be nice to each other on the internet. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I am finding this fascinating because like I said, I am not. I feel like I watch no more about reality TV than I think I do just by osmosis of existing in the world and like I said, the reality TV I watch is things like Bake Off and, and whatnot and I don't tend to watch it necessarily lot. La- Bake Off isn't like, you know, what? the day it comes out, I'll, I'll watch it a couple of days yeah. after. So I maybe don't engage with it on such a high level as, as other people. But I can definitely, like I said, I think like the the traitors really got me. I was like, this is great. I want to know what happens. I need to know what happens next. I'm ready to watch the next episode, all that kind of stuff. And that was all pre-recorded as well. But at the same time, you're like, oh, I feel so invested in these people. And I, I need to know what's going to happen and who's going to win. And yeah, it was... Yeah, I never really had it with a reality TV show that I, got, I cared that much. Oh. oh,
0: I love it. So um, I, I wouldn't say that Love Island is one of my favourites. However, I don't think it's the best competitive dating show yeah. that exists. I think the best reality competitive dating show has been Singles Inferno. Which came that? out? It came out on Netflix like a year or two ago. No, I think only about a year ago because I think I was still in this house. Um, and it's a Korean dating show. And it's that they put everybody on a deserted island. <laughs> okay. And they have like tents and they have to go fetch water from like a well and like carry like buckets back to
1: the... It sounds like,
0: like Bear Grylls, <laughs> the island meets love island it's not as survive i think they have like their basics and they give them food but they give them like the raw ingredients then they have to cook it you know it's Mm -hmm. that kind of a thing and they've got real basics for cooking yeah um and but it's it's kind of weirdly wholesome while also very tense at times (sighs) because uh, a they do a better job of picking uh, more adult people hmm this is a problem that I think reality uh, Love Island has had. And luckily this season, it seems that they've learned their lesson. And there's only like a couple of really young people. And most of them are about 25. Yeah. Which I think is mm-hmm. a good age of young enough to be stupid and do things that are fun to watch. But adult enough that you're not going to be problematic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah. But yeah. So it's a bunch of Korean people on there. And then they go on dates. But the way that they do it is that you pick somebody and again this is very hetero so it's Mm. opposite sexes and uh they pick somebody and if that person also picks you then you go off to like a five-star hotel suite for the evening yeah and you stay the night there and then you come in the next morning and so you get to like take a nice hot shower and swim in a pool and eat loads of like food cooked from room service and Um, so it shows a lot of people just enjoying that after like (laughs) the couple of days at like the deserted island. But the thing is that they're not allowed to talk about their job or their age while they're on the island. Oh, that's
1: interesting. But you can
0: talk about it when you're in the hotel suite, but that person who learns about it isn't allowed to then talk about it when they come back.
1: Oh. So
0: if you're not dating someone, you have no idea like what that person does for a living or how old
1: they are. And I suppose if you came back from your hotel suite or wherever and then decided not to match up again there's kind of that thought of like what did this person find out about them that they didn't like yeah yeah, it's like was it that they just didn't get
0: on or was there information about them or yeah
1: Yeah, it's it's really fascinating
0: and when there is interpersonal drama it is just because a mishmash of feelings or somebody thought that they were showing that they were interested and the other person didn't pick up on it. And so then they thought they were being rejected and you know, it's like it's that kind of yeah. drama which is so amazingly
1: fascinating and wonderful. It's also and, telling me I could not do these. like my rejection sensitivity is way too high. <laughs> Many <yes, in> <laughs> of these shows are like, oh, you all like yeah
0: you know. Oh this last season there was a woman in there who I thought was the I mean I I think that she was the most attractive woman in there and by a long shot. And I kept calling her my girlfriend whenever we were watching. And um, I, she never got picked. And what? I was so upset because I was like, oh, but I love her. And she's clearly the best person on this island. There have been, I think, two instances of by women on Love Island. Okay. Um, and I think one of them wasn't on the UK one and the other one was on the UK one. Mm. And in both instances there was a moment where they did couple up with another woman.
1: Yeah. For a, one yeah. of the
0: couplings. And it was interesting that they allowed it to happen, that it wasn't like the producers were like, No, you have to be with a dude. Yeah. Um,
1: but it did leave all the dudes being like, So what does that mean? <laughs> oh that's Because as somebody who is, you know, I I am queer and I identify as trans, I find it very interesting to see that I know that, you know, there is a a majority of the population is is hetero, cis, normative, whatever, that these things aren't considered, that there will be bi people in there, there will be people who aren't necessarily of, because even like a non-binary person, if they have, if you choose not to have any transitional stuff, which is obviously everybody's, their own journey is going to be their own journey and their own identity is going to be their own identity. That you could get, I don't know. I just think it could be a more interesting watch.
0: Yeah, but like so you said, it
1: depends. Like because the social element of it, the social media element, even um, and the viewership is has can be problematic. I guess there are issues with it. Um, mm. I'm not like you said, ninety percent of people who watch Love Island perfectly fine. <laughs> Tiny percentage, yeah. probably maybe not. But like it, it would be. I don't know. Maybe it would be more of an interesting social experiment rather than a fun TV show. <laughs> but
0: There is somebody who's in this season who's apparently big on TikTok. I only found out about this from listening to my podcasts. Um, but the I was listening to an, a, a different podcast initially and I ended up swapping to a different one. But that, that first one that I was listening to was talking about this and how they were like, oh, I thought he was queer, but oh well. And I was in there like, well, he still could be. Yeah like if he's bi and he's just on the show being like yeah sure I'll meet hot women and hot yeah. men
1: but I'll be dating hot women yeah. then what's the problem with that and if the show has got if the show has had a precedent of you know bi people coupling up in a different way then even if it's only one or two times there's no reason why a queer man couldn't do that just
0: yeah you know. i think it's just that thing of a it's the assumption that anyone on that show is going to be cis hetero mm. um and i think it's also a weird ass- it's that thing of like I I think it's far less safe, unfortunately, for him to be saying, "Oh, come in and be like, oh yeah, I'm bi," in a way that a woman unfortunately can, and that gets almost hypersexualized in yeah. a problematic way. But um, you know, wouldn't get beat up by the other men in the villa in a way that potentially a bi man could. Yeah. I'm not saying that they would this year. I I don't know enough about these men, but um, I can imagine that that could be a safety issue. That you wouldn't want to share that. Yeah. And they don't have to. They don't have to. They're there. They also find women attractive. Yeah. So why not?
1: <laughs> okay. Well, this is, this is it. it. This is why I'm like, it would be, I think it would be cool to see it, but I'm also aware of why it's not. I'm aware of like the social thing, you know, it's just, maybe yeah. I just want to see people like me on telly more. I, I you think know,
0: <laughs> Love Island, it would be really fun for them to do just one season of like, this is our buy season and yeah. make it. And like, I think winter season tends to not get as many views as summer season. And if they did winter season as like, here's our our years to kind of mess about and have fun and do weird things, then you could do things like that. And it's not going to get as many views and you can mess up. And then if it works well, then you do it again. Um but I think it would be fun to do a, an all
1: an all bycast and just see how chaotic that energy and, is going and, to be. But it would also be really cool to I mean, no one would be able to sit in chairs ever. Sorry, it's my favourite stereotype <laughs> of queer people can't sit in chairs for some reason. I say with my, my foot up on my chair like a little gremlin. Um but it, I would I think also something like Love Island doing that goes a hell of a long way to normalizing things. You know exactly this again this is why i think i would love to see people like me people who are come under the you know queer umbrella term whatever lgbt community in dating shows like this in reality shows like this where it's not like oh you're a weirdo where it's like no i'm just here and i'm me and i'm normalizing it you know and in it, a, a bi awesome. season
0: they might be able to introduce some trans people because the at least the people who would still be watching it Mm. and not boycotting it because they're assholes. (laughs) Um, The people watching it and the people on the island are more likely to be accepting, um,
1: which I think might be nice. Mm. We'll see. We'll see. It would be cool. You know, maybe in 10 years time, things will be different, but it's a bit sad that in like, 2023 we're still worried that a guy coming out as bisexual on a show like this might be in danger. It's,
0: it's unfortunate yeah. but I do, I also do get it and I don't want to, if, I don't know anything about this guy. He might be straight. I don't mm. know. He's a bit flamboyant and straight men can be flamboyant. Um, but if he is bi then I don't hold it against him that he's not sharing that information. Yeah. That's for him to share with who he feels comfortable yeah, with absolutely. sharing and I think that's fine. Um. That's all I kind of wanted to Yeah.
1: <laughs> this has gone into a, a different direction than we intended, but it's very interesting. Love Island has
0: a really interesting way of kind of creating personas. Um and and I think it's kind of similar to other reality TVs. Not quite as much The Bachelor. Um mm. Because I do also watch The Bachelor, um, but, but I think it's more akin to some of the ways that you do, like uh, Real Housewives and stuff like that, because you're you're always around the same people. With The Bachelor. The Bachelor is kind of like you get to know your one guy, you're the Bachelor. Yeah. And then all the women are just, there's too many at the beginning for you to really get to know them. And then as time goes on, you maybe know the people who are kind of left over, but only in very specific, stereotypical identity forms of like, oh, that's the sweet girl. Oh, that's the sassy girl. Oh, that's
1: the funny girl. Like, it's that kind of way of understanding them. Is that like mirrored? In the Bachelorette, that you get to know her much more than you get to know the guys. Yeah, yeah. It's just because you're you're around the lead the most. Yeah. Um, and typically
0: now they the leads are always from the previous seasons, so the Bachelorette is always somebody who didn't win the Bachelor. Okay. Um, and vice versa. So they've been doing that yeah. for the last couple of years. So you tend to like, oh, now I get to know this person a bit more, or I get to find out a little that's, bit more about this thing. That's
1: interesting, because that kind of falls into the, the kind of thing you get with TV shows, like um, narrative TV shows, where you have a spin-off series where a popular character, somebody who yeah. <laughs> everybody loves gets their own show afterwards or whatever, or their own book. I quite like that. It's yeah, like it is Bachelor's a bit of like... Spin-off. <laughs>
0: And it's a bit of a strange, like fan fiction-y type thing. I listen to the podcast that I listen to for The Bachelor because I've got one for every show. Uh, <laughs> of the, you do. the podcast that I listen to for The Bachelor is uh, super fun, and they run it like it's a sports show. That's so amazing. they talk about, and it's it's a group of all, I believe, hetero men. Um, but it's all men and they are <laughs> talking about The Bachelor as if it was a sports show. So they talk about like, oh, this guy was coached wrong and here's how you got to like. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, one of That's the things so is that they always say like, which play are they doing? Are they playing for the win? Are they playing for the new, like to be The Bachelor? Mm. Or are they playing for, uh, there's another spin-off season of Bachelor in Paradise, which is a lot more Love Islandish. Yeah. Um, and they're like, are they playing for that? And so that's how they kind of classify things. Yeah. So it's always fun watching it to be like, which is this person angling for
1: mm.
0: being on The Bachelor to
1: get, again, more celebrity dumb. Yeah. And I suppose they are, you know, like we were saying at the beginning, these are very much gateways for people to get that. But I think the general public don't necessarily want you to go in with yeah, it can be obvious in your actions, but if you you go in, you go, oh, yeah, I'm a content creator. Maybe people maybe aren't going to relate to that as well. You know, like- people
0: weirdly pick up on things. So last season of Love Island,
1: there was a guy
0: on there who everyone on the, like any of the comments, everyone on the podcast I was listening to was like, this guy knows what he's doing. He's trying to play the game. He's trying to, like, make it look a certain way, trying to play Love Island mm. Uh, as a way of winning and getting knowledge in that sense. And everyone could pick up on it, but there wasn't anything super massive that he was doing. And then when his girl that he was with broke up with him right at the end, she mentioned specifically things he had said to her in the bed when they don't have the microphones on of what looks good, how you should be playing in front of the cameras, all of these kinds of things. So the fact that we didn't see those bits But we knew it. Like, there was just something about how he was acting that we were like, we were picking up on that energy.
1: And she, even being in the show herself, was like, well, I'm going to make sure you don't win because of that. Yeah, well,
0: uh, I mean, he was also a bit of an ass to her. And um, basically, he was treating her very poorly, making Mm -hmm. comments about her body that were very uncool um but not again not in front of us and yeah. she ended up just being like you know what i'm i'm not going to stick up with this even for a couple more days to potentially win it's just not worth it yeah um, and then she became really huge and everyone loves her on social media because she had that yeah that turn which is cool <laughs> that we all love we love rooting for the woman who's like screw you i'll leave by myself
1: oh, I, I i'm feeling like maybe i need to watch it but then at the same time i have way too many things that i need to watch so <laughs> I probably won't add this to the list, but I've learned a lot about Love Island, so that's good. And reality TV in general, because you hear like so many names of reality TV shows. You know, like there is The Bachelor, there's Survivor, there's, you know, the Bear Grylls ones, which I don't think are running anymore, but they were super popular for a while. And like, you know, all of these things, they go in cycles, don't they? That there's a singing one or a, a, you know, a, a trekking out into the Outback type one What's it the one that's on channel for the SAS one where it's like yeah. normal people go and try and survive it like, I have to say actually you know what there is one of the reality TV shows I watch religiously and that is Hunted obsessed <laughs> obsessed with it like, I would I don't have thought know that why. maybe you would have watched Project Runway I didn't have the correct channels or access when it was really big um, mm. and then it kind of Passed me by, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in the, a place and a time I was gonna watch it. Um, yeah. Some of my friends completely obsessed with it, like rewatch it the whole thing. Um. I I like sewing bee. <laughs> yeah, because I was gonna say because I think I I mean I watch Project Runway because of course I
0: do, and um, but it's one of those things where they'll be talking about something. Oh, this is clearly poorly made, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. More than I could do. Yeah. But I'm sure that you know
1: you would be able to actually critique it in a way that. Yeah, it would be interesting to watch. I mean, it might be even beyond what I know because you know there is only I'm not I'm not professionally trained in any of those things. I'm completely self taught and I make it up as I go along. Um, but it would be interesting to watch. But I, it's why I quite like the sewing bee actually. is because I can sit there whereas like with Bake Off, I'm like, I don't know. Whereas sewing bee, I'm like, I wouldn't do that. No, what are you doing? Why are you using that fabric? What are you doing? Hem that better. Come on. You know, like I'd be there like doing that the whole time because I know exactly what they're doing. But it's. For the listeners who don't know, I do a lot of sewing. I make a lot of <laughs> costumes and cosplay. That's how we met. Is that I make a lot of stuff, and we started talking about it. Um, and I, I love it. And that's why that's why I love that sort of a show because I do enjoy watching people make stuff. Um, I'm currently really into the pottery throwdown, and it's making me want to maybe go and learn how to do some ceramics. But <laughs> ceramics is expensive. There's a lot of kit you got to get. You know, sewing machine less expensive. Potter's wheel. That's a big that's a big overhead.
0: (laughs) My sister does pottery. Does she have a shed for it? it?
1: Oh, I'm jealous. I'd love to do that. This is a complete tangent. So coming back to the water bottles Are people you want one.
0: This is it. You want one, right? You want I do.
1: I really want one. And there's a part of me that feels
0: so okay the the problem that i have right is that reality tv i think is the only genre of shows that people go oh you like that hmm. um in a way that i don't think i've ever gotten before and especially when i was around a lot of academics because i have a phd i'm around academics i'm talking about things there's an assumption that i wouldn't watch trashy tv but it's like, I've been thinking all day. I've been engaging with philosophy and and anthropology and all of these like deep, hard to read things. When I come home, I want to put on some dumb people dating in a villa and not think. But <laughs> yeah. well, I do think. But that's the problem with it because yeah. I start analyzing it like an anthropologist. But... It's fun. It's a fun way of kind of engaging with anthropology and thought and the way that people interact, but not in a really deep way. Yeah. But it is that assumption of only dumb people
1: watch this, or only... And I don't think that's fair, because actually, I think a lot of people want to be able to have... It is a level of escapism, the same as watching anime or whatever, because actually, you get the same reaction from certain groups of people who go, oh yeah, I really like anime. They go, isn't that for children? And you'd be like, oh, well, no, not... Well, firstly, no. And secondly, you (laughs) are Not this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I would be worried if quite a lot of it was. But... You know, people kind of have that reaction to it because it's seen as, uh, I don't know, I'm going to put this in inverted commas, that they're here, uh, lesser by different groups of people. Mm. Like, if you say, oh, I like comic books, I like comic book movies or whatever. And yeah, they're incredibly popular, but there'll still be people like, oh, yeah, that's like trash or whatever. And I, I do also think that a lot of it particularly gets pushed on, this is such a generalization, but a lot of it gets pushed on women. Like, the stuff yes. that we see at the that kind of trash, again, in inverted commas, is, you know, chicklet, rom-coms, reality TV shows, dating shows, you know, which are all things that are marketed to women. And particularly this, like, they're, they're teaming up with a fashion brand and kind of having a kind of... I've, I've looked at the bottles and they're kind of... They're quite quirky and feminine in the style of writing on them and all that kind of stuff. Or at least that's the marketing of them. um, And that's a really interesting thing that this is something that is predominantly marketed towards women and then it's seen as trashy or or, or lesser and that's a whole massive discussion that I don't think we have time for
0: So there was a part of me, because I've, I've been wanting a bottle ever since I saw that they sell them, and I, I use a water bottle often, I mm. just have it because I knock things over all the time, and so when I'm at home, I drink out of a bottle, so I'm not knocking it over. Whenever I was working at a university, I'd have this, I've mean, been using the same... entire recording. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm I've been like, using... Again, they can't see it. I have a Star Wars, like, sippy cup thing, like a Starbucks one, uh, and that's what I've been using this entire recording.
0: <laughs> I've been using the same water bottle it's uh, actually this one I've been using this since my undergrad. I bought it like one of the very first days of my undergrad and I've I brought it it's the only thing I think I still have from the United States with me <laughs> like it's the only thing that I kept <laughs> over the years and um so I always thought it would be fun but then I was like but if I'm at a if I'm in front of my class and I'm teaching and I've got a love Island water bottle, would that help me or hinder me if I'm at a conference full of academics, and I've got a Love Island water bottle. Like <laughs> that was always playing yeah. in the back of my head, and now that I don't have to worry about that as much because I'm not
1: teaching anymore, um, I have thought about it. <laughs> I know I'm getting you for Christmas. I'm going to buy you one, and be like, "Well, now you've got one. You don't make, get to make the decision." I've and then it I can you. pretend that I'm in the villa. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You can sit there with your your plant thing. I can sit there <laughs> with my oversized t shirt. <laughs>
0: I didn't mention any academics, which I feel bad for, but I don't know very many
1: academics who have studied reality TV. I'm Um, surprised by that. I would have thought there would be a lot more, considering, you know... There has
0: been one or two, um, but I haven't read them, and from what I understand, they're more like how they function from a more like how the media is set up, like how it's produced and things like that, which is interesting,
1: but not as much fun. Um, And if anyone... I'm going to be honest, I'm plugging somebody else's podcast because I think everyone should go and listen to it dot 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 wag of the Christie just for the whole story. It's genuinely incredible. It's an amazing story. And having it all broken down by like experts, it was, yeah, so interesting because you learn so much. I would definitely recommend it. It's on BBC Sounds Um, now. But it does really show like
0: how much gossip and things like that can really help to spin a story and how you get connected to things through i mean i love me some gossip i don't want to be a part of it i want to hear about it
1: I... <laughs> we've talked about that a lot as well yeah, yeah. yeah. like no i want sit on the sidelines of watch it happen you know we're the sports commentators like I, yeah. give me some popcorn and sit down and tell me all of the tea <laughs> <laughs> we're terrible people terrible people and hopefully people want to come back and listen to another episode of us talking about things like this and having a nice time i'm,
0: so. I'm sure i hope so there's going to be a lot more reality tv if i can help it
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's okay i get i get to play next week <laughs> uh i i think i think we're going to go back to some very nerdy stuff not that this wasn't very nerdy in many ways but i, I think we're going to go back to some uh
0: it yeah I mean, interesting I think it's all just about what you're nerdy about yeah, and I'm absolutely. nerdy about a lot of things I can be nerdy about anime and video games and and tabletop role-playing games but I can also be nerdy about
1: Love Island <laughs> let's be fair I when I want to do an episode about this very specific Shakespeare thing I want to do it I want to do it I want to do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> because I'm super nerdy about uh Shakespeare but I, I love the whole sort of Tudor and Stuart era so at some point I'm gonna start just being like let's talk about this um History nerd start time. Woo We'll see you in uh two two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Two weeks. I don't know. Bye I'm waving. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Remember to like, review and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast and do give it a share. Tell your friends, family and fellow fans and get the word out. You can follow us on social media, links in the show notes, as are some links to further reading. Who doesn't like a reading list? We are nerds after all. Music for this episode was Nowhere Land by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons Attribute 3.0. This episode was produced by Vivian Asimov and Holly Swinyard.